Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO, and now on 106.3 FM. Hi, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours. Thanks for spending some of your morning here with Trent and myself. On the BMW Des Moines guest list, as we said yesterday, uh, we're going to uh, try and take a little bit deeper dive into the uh, the stadium. That's um, controversy. I don't think it's, it's it's reached that level, but there's certainly a lot of discussion about it. So we're going to hear from both Two out of the three sides, not the Des Moines School Board. Uh, we're going to hear from Brian Harden, the athletic director at Drake. They're kind of, I don't want to say the middleman in all of this, because it's it's now Save Our Stadiums. And we're going to talk to their attorney, Gary Dickey, coming up at 1045, versus the Des Moines School Board. That's the fight that's going to um, continue on in the courts, at least for, you would think, for the time, uh, for the next few months anyways, until there is some resolution. Just the way that the, um seems like the parameters were changed at the last minute. The uh, proverbial goalposts were moved as far as how many signatures were, were required. But Gary Dickey at 1045 from Save Our Stadiums, he is their attorney uh, representing the group uh, that wants the stadiums to maintain the way that they are. The city schools to all have their own, of course, with the exception of Roosevelt, who plays their home games at Drake. Uh, but Brian Harden will come on at uh, 1025. I talked to Ty Patton this morning, Trent. Mm-hmm. Good morning. Good morning to you. Uh, the uh, SID over at Drake. Uh, we had a, a you know 10-minute conversation. As, as I've been saying during this, there must be something I'm missing. Yeah. What am I missing on this? Because it seems like, you know what, this seems to me pretty cut and dried. And to be honest with myself, I'm surprised that I'm coming down on the side of, we don't need a stadium. I'm a pretty pro sports guy. Mm-hmm. I have a, a, um, a soft spot for the city schools. I, I have when I sat in this chair on Friday night, wanted to make sure that they got as much coverage as Valley, Dowling, and Ankeny. Um, and, you know, the city schools, and I'm sure that, you know, since Stacy is here, et cetera, that they've maintained that. But I've always had a soft spot for them. Um, but I've also, also get the, the fact that, you know, they played in these, the tradition, if you will, mm-hmm. of playing games at Hoover, at Lincoln, uh, at North. Um, but we're going to take a deep, a, a longer look into that. I, I did find out one thing that certainly goes against my um, negative slant to the story. When we talked about the sales tax that was going to, money was going to come out of sales tax. Mm-hmm. I just, and my, my take was, for God's sakes, teachers are reaching into their own pockets. They have to spend, they're spending, you know, a portion of their paycheck goes to school supplies. What school system isn't in need of money right now, right? Every one of them. Every from single one. West Des Moines to Des Moines yep. to Ankeny and everything in between. Your wife Absolutely. probably keeps it a secret from you how much of your family's money she spends on her students. Well, and, and coming up this year, when students return, if students return to schools, think about, not just what they normally spend on all these supplies that they have, but things like hand sanitizer. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be right. an even bigger expense. And if it's not coming from the school district, well, I think most every teacher is going to understand there's going to be a lot of mm-hmm. money spent on that. And that's something that people are going to want to do and, and going that route. Yeah, it's something that 
It's always there. It's always in our tax return. My wife's tax return <laughs> yeah. is much simpler than yeah. mine is. But oh, you don't file jointly. We do, we do. But her part of it, I should ah, say. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and hers is. By the way, easier. speaking of taxes, yes, we both are on the uh, docket. Uh, July fifteenth is coming up fast. We're less than a week away. I had trend. If, if you wouldn't have reminded me, I would have completely. No, it's just not on top of mind. No, right? it, it we isn't. got the extension from April fifteenth, but July fifteenth is coming out. And when Trent and I, when it comes to our taxes, we turn to our friend Mike Hammond at Vision Financial Services, seventeen seventy six Twenty Second Street in West Des Moines. We didn't do that so we could get into an infomercial or, <laughs> no, or a all. plug. Um, <laughs> But it's true. I mean, Mike Hammond does it. And if you haven't got an appointment yet, or if it has totally slipped your mind, this is what one of the things that Mike Hammond provides. Uh, Vision Financial Services. Here's the phone number. 440. It's pretty easy. It's a good phone number. 440-1133. 440-1133. Vision Financial Services. Again, is that a week from today? Uh, A week from from yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. Six days away. So I would certainly make that call today mm-hmm. to Mike and and get in there and get set up because he'll do it very well. He We have both been incredibly happy yeah. with his services. I've used him now for, boy, six, seven years, something like mm-hmm. that. I know you have last few years. Mm-hmm. And he'll get in there. Plus, the other thing, Mike's a huge sports fan. Yeah, so he can go in there and BS a well, little sports But with him. can you now? Uh, that's true. Might have to do that over the phone. Right, right. Yeah, but he'll no, still talk sports with yes, you. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Uh, so Mike, uh, Mike Hammond and his wife, Jerry, Vision Financial Services, 1776 22nd Street in West Des Moines. All right, back to the top topic at hand. Then I want to talk on college football uh, briefly before Big. we get into the same. Yeah, it sounds, uh, sounds like it. Uh, and in the 11 o'clock hour, speaking of college football, Dave Sprouse. So Matt Campbell right now is Zooming with the Iowa State media. And Dave Sprouse part of it. It's scheduled to wrap up at 11 o'clock. At 11.05, Dave Sprouse from our sister station in Ames, KASI 1430, is going to join us. And he will um, share some of the uh, nuggets that he gleaned from Zooming uh, with Coach Campbell. Uh, that, again, that's uh, going on as we speak. And then we'll get Mark Morehouse in here from the Cedar Rapids Gazette, the latest on the Hawks. More about the uh, college football in just a second. But what I started to say was, what am I missing? What There has to be something that I don't understand about this. Teachers need money, need supplies, need safety stuff, mm-hmm. uh, PPE. Um, but this money can't be spent on that, Trent. This, the, the money that, that this portion of the sales tax goes for is earmarked to infrastructure. It can't be to hire more teachers. It can't be used for that. It states right in the law that you can't use that to buy school supplies, that you have to use this on infrastructure. And this is a huge pool of money that's sitting there and growing over the years to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. This is not to say that there's still not facilities and buildings inside of the Des Moines Public Schools that still need upgrades. And, and they've spent a lot on that in previous years. It's the stadiums yes. that have been... And they have been left untouched for mm-hmm. 20 years. Athletics has not receive that money over the last two decades and at some point you do have to do that i mean these are still though they're extracurriculars you still have to spend money on them not even to keep up just to Mm -hmm. to make it and one part that i had missed uh, we talked about you know instead of taking this 15 16 million dollars and putting it for one new stadium why don't you throw three four million dollars at each of the each of the schools that are currently there in their football stadiums and put that in there. Spend half the money on, on on fixing the stadiums as far as much as that money as far as that money will go, and pocket the rest and give it to the teachers for school supplies. Boom! You're, you're away. We go. That's at least our initial thought. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the cost estimate 
for each school's football stadium, not only to get them up into working standard, but also get them on the side. They're not AEA compliant. Yeah, they got to pass code. And, and if you do those renovations, you have to do that. Hoover, $14 million. Lincoln, $16.5 million. North, $9 million. And Roosevelt, over $20 million. Total cost? Sixty million mm-hmm. to update the four existing stadiums. Well, Roosevelt School uh, price tag is so high because they, they don't have a stadium. Yeah, right, right. And I'm not, and I don't know where they would build it on their existing plot of land. There's nowhere to put it. There isn't anywhere to put it. So unless you're pulling something out, unless you're taking away the baseball yeah. field or doing something like that, or that street behind you right. annex that one, and I'm not sure that's going right. to go over very well. So yeah, sure, this, take my house, take my business. That's a uh, that's a demerit to me because that was at least an initial thought, but. I'm not even close. The money that I was initially thinking is not close to getting these four stadiums up to where they would need to be. Mm-hmm. When you look at it that way, all right, it's making a little bit more sense, and, and I'm understanding it on that side of it. And, and that's that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to learn, evolve, and understand both sides of this issue because there continues to still be two sides to this, mm-hmm. and we're going to work through that today. We are. Uh, Brian Harden and Drake are in the middle of this. Obviously, they want it on their property. They're giving up the land. They yeah. are going to... Which isn't cheap itself. No. Uh, in perpetuity, it's going to be up to them to maintain the stadium. It's not going to be city workers. These are going to be... Um, Folks that are hired by the university that are entrusted uh, with with the upkeep of the stadium. So there's that. The other thing that I might the pushback I received when my take was, yeah, but do we really want to be doing this in 2020 in the middle of a pandemic? Sure. Um, is this really what we should be thinking of as a new stadium? And what I was told was actually, you know, believe it or not, financially this might be the best time to build, take on a big project because. There's not a lot of projects maybe being done right now. The mm-hmm. labor might be cheaper. The, uh, the the materials might come a little bit cheaper. And apparently over the course of history, it was during these times that there were a lot of these big projects went forward because of that very reason. Just the cost was, you know, lower than it would be when, you know, uh, when things are good. Business is booming. When Everybody's busy. Booming, and right. You put all these different things out for bid and... Bids are going to come in a little bit lower because all these companies, they certainly want to be able to get in and get working and make their bottom line improve. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it makes sense on that on that side of it, too, to get this project done at this point, be able to save a little bit money, perhaps, at going forward. And, look, it, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be yeah. great. It's going to be a facility that is going to be an absolute diamond inside the city. And it, mm-hmm. it's great for Drake, and it's great for these kids because I have heard that for before. Sure. It, when... The city schools, and they make their drive, and they go over to Valley, and they see that just un- incredible stadium. They go out to Southeast Polk, and they play. Waukee. and Go to Waukee. Go to Ankeny, wherever yeah. it may be. And, boy, these kids, they get to play here, and we have to play at our home stadium yeah. where I mean, you, you take a wrong cut, your season's over. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to worry about that here. That's going to be one of the positives yeah. here. And, and maybe create a little bit more buzz for the teams going forward. They're going to do things to try to get as many of the community members to this stadium to get them over there. The pet buses for the students, young people trying to get them in different ways. And is it going to be perfect? No, it's not. But in the end, ultimately, there's never a perfect solution. This is a pretty good one, though. Yeah, I, I wonder if, uh, on weekends, let's say in the summer, when they're, you know, um, I, I have no idea when Drake's soccer season is. Uh, I know when high school football is, it's in the fall. But what if there's a, an AAU soccer tournament that yeah. comes to town? Are there opportunities to, you know, to make money off of this uh, stadium when, when it's not being used? 
Another, I have to think that it is, that uh, there would be. Another piece from Des Moines Public that I've seen, and they're going to save a lot of money. Remember, this is not just a football stadium. This is also for high school soccer they're going to be used at. Would they use it for junior varsity? That was a question I was asked yesterday. In terms of scheduling, I think it would probably depend on that. But I do know that going out to county for the games, that is incredibly expensive to get the kids out there for, especially North and Hoover. I mean, that's a oh, heck yeah, of a haul long, yeah. to get over there. Now a little bit different for Lincoln, but just when you're talking about that side of it too, it's actually going to cut down on costs for the soccer side of things, and that's also a big piece of this. We think about the Friday nights in football, but this is also going to be a soccer stadium What Drake's going to use it for. One pushback that I've heard, and I would, I know there's not an answer right now, but something to at least chew on. So Drake is getting a pretty sweetheart deal here. Yeah, It appears on the surface it's looking very, very good mm-hmm. for them. Drake, though, giving back to Des Moines Public in scholarships and grants for Des Moines Public students to go to that school. I think that's something that needs to come out of that. So, so help me out with that again. So what are, you, what are you saying here, that they are going to give scholarships? Well, they should. That, that's what I believe oh, they I, should. So that hasn't been, that hasn't no. been determined. No. I see. And I heard the percentage, and I can't remember it offhand, but the number of kids from Des Moines public schools that go to Drake University, it's an incredibly small number for be, yeah. the population in yeah. the city that actually end up at oh. the city school in Drake University. That'd be a pretty good public relations tool to make that uh, known if indeed that's you know even on the drawing board. I know that's been something that's been talked about a lot at the, say, uh-huh. the stadium's uh, website on, on Facebook, and there's been conversations about that. I think that would be something, a give back, a grant program, whatever it is, and, and connecting more Drake University with the city, mm-hmm. with those city schools, because Des Moines for the long team, time, Trent. Yes. You want to be Des Moines team? Well, bring in Des Moines kids, mm-hmm. and this is a way that you can do that. Uh, interesting. So we will uh, look at my, my beef now is it was really never at Drake. Drake was going to be the benefactor. Yeah, of course, yeah. they're going to want that deal. Uh, I got to save our stadiums. At least, you know, I, I felt bad that, you know, all of those traditions would be going by the wayside. You know, you heard a lot about the uh, the business bump that the uh, restaurants or and and well bars i guess for the parents after the game mm-hmm. um would would uh, will will receive if the stadium is built but your point yesterday's right on okay so they're going to get a bump but hoover businesses <laughs> north businesses you get my point yes yeah um they're they're going to they're going to lose out on that uh so looking forward to that um again it it just seems to me that the Des Moines school board when they met they they had no intention of really going to this meeting with an open mind. They didn't, because they've gone through meeting after meeting yeah. after meeting. Their minds were made up. This isn't something where they just found out about a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. They, well, you, they, right. Do you want to vote? you want to vote uh, in November? That's too bad. We're going to change it. Right. Yeah, you came up short on the number of petitions. You actually need this many. They've heard... Despite, despite what you heard from the Secretary of the State of Iowa, <sighs> Michael Morrow. Which is incredibly frustrating for the, state, the stadium side yep. of things. But... This the school board when they voted seven nothing on the surface it just looks terrible. It's like oh, they didn't even listen. No, but this is not were the lo- first. Were they looking at their phones? <laughs> right. This is not the first time that they had to listen though. This yeah. has been a conversation that they've had going back to last fall, and they've been going through really every different angle that has been out there about the positives, about the negatives. They have looked at that well before the meeting a couple nights ago, and because of that, 
were their minds already made up? Yeah, probably more than likely. Mm-hmm. But they've also had a lot of information. So yep. r- remember that part of it, too, that they do know going in. This is something that they've been dealing with for months and months and months. Uh, so we'll uh, more on this coming up here in about 10 minutes. Brian Harden from Drake. We will uh, talk to him and then Gary Dickey, the attorney representing the folks uh, with Save Our Stadium. So, Trent, there seems to be a, a real buzz uh, and a real movement around college football schedule uh, being, oh, taken apart, if you will, or certainly losing a couple of games from it. It, it's, uh, it seems to be that the theory for regarding college football, the plan for college football, is going to be conference games only in the Power Five, and the Big Ten would play 10 games. All of them would play 10-game schedule. What's Big 12 going to do? They got nine teams. So what right. is, are the Big 12 schools going to be forced to, you know, play their closest rival once more to work for Iowa State? Although K-State <laughs> would want Kansas too. Um, but uh, we, that seems to be the way this is progressing. The schedule in all likelihood is going to be pushed back a couple of weeks. The season is going to be delayed. Uh, perhaps we can, you know, because it seems like the curve, and we've talked about the curve a million times, and you've been hit over the head about the curve for a million times. The curve's going up. It's not coming down. So if we can get that to head in the right direction, and maybe it takes an extra couple of weeks for the public to realize that this disease is not going away, and it's not. Another record was set as far as number of new cases yesterday, breaking the old record. You have to go all the way back uh, to Tuesday uh, when that record was set. So the, the, the curve is still going upward. But if indeed we do move back college football and get conference-only schedules, 10 games, would they, put the, would they put the game, that the rescheduled game at the beginning of the year? I think that makes more sense. Uh, you, you keep your conference schedule, mm-hmm. but instead of playing one of your non-cons, you take on, for example, that let's do Iowa. Iowa would. I don't think that they would play a team in the West twice. No. Who were the four that were missing? Rutgers, Maryland, Michigan, and Indiana. Indiana. Uh, so those are the four schools I was not scheduled to play this year. You would prefer. Well, Rutger- you want Rutgers or Maryland? Those are the top of the list. But if indeed it it becomes a a territorial uh, situation, mm-hmm. I mean the closest school to you is Bloomington. That makes sense. And how that's going to play out. Now, Maryland and Rutgers are the outliers and mm-hmm. figuring out the schedule. And somebody still has to play Nebraska, and you have to look at their crossovers and who's not on there, the four teams from the East Division. But you'd have to match it up, set it up that way. And also the divide this year in the Big Ten, where the West this season has four games on the road in the Big Ten, five at home. Mm. So this would be a road game and figuring out those road games for everybody in the West going out East and how that is going to set up. It's going to be a lot that they're going to figure out. Certainly. Absolutely. And you know what? And they have to do it quickly. Yes. Yeah. They have to do it quickly because July 9th today. Right. uh, Schedules have to be, if indeed this is the way that college football ends up going, I would anticipate that those schedules are being drawn up right now, yeah, yeah. and they've already made that determination that this is what college football is going to look like in 2020. Um, and 
And every single one of the conferences is making those plans behind the scenes. So uh, Tom Dean Hart really laid this out incredibly well over at the Purdue Rivals website. That's all he does now, right? He does, yep. That's where he works now. And Dean Hart, long time with the Sporting News and Big Ten Network. Is it goldenblack.com? Yeah, goldenblackdigest.com, I believe, is the uh, name of the site. But you just go to purdue.rivals.com. It'll pop up there. And you can find the article. He lays it out. And I thought another interesting component is the 10 games over a 13 or 14 week schedule. Build in some flexibility. Yep, because they anticipate there are going to be cancellation, mm-hmm. there are going to be moving parts, and with that, being able to do that. So does that mean that they're still going to start on September 5th? Probably. Maybe even go a week earlier. That's a possibility, or even a week later. But regardless, yeah. they're going to put that flexibility in there. And back to conversation, what we had a week and a half ago about maybe moving the conference title game back a week right. from uh, where it sits right now, which is like December week, 5th. Yeah, first Saturday in December. I think so it's the 5th this year, so, so it would be the 12th. The 12th. Yeah. Um, so who's Iowa State going to play? You, I mean, what, how would the, how's you the and I? I think it's conference games, though. I mean, I hope it's you and I. Right, right. If you and I loses out, right, because they're going to and the Big Twelve says we're actually going to stay with uh, what we currently have. Uh-huh. Then that's an easy one for you, for Iowa State to pick. We're up. missing the big picture, and I'm sure we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, for uh, them, double dip with Kansas or Kansas State. Yeah, you know, I hope it's you and I. I hope you and yeah. I can get a paycheck. Uh, Cyhawk, uh, there's your it's big gone. picture. It's gone for this year, I think. Isn't it? It, it looks that way, mm-hmm. and I think, oh boy, the the arguments on Twitter are going to be incredible with the game not being played. Who would have won the game this yeah, year? Well, that'd be fun, though. It will be. It will be. In that be. respect. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. It's going to be a lot of hits at Cyclone Fanatic. Yeah, right? you're right. Chris Williams and the crew <laughs> over there, uh, they're in for a bunch more page views. Anyways, Brian Harden coming up. We will talk to the athletic director at Drake, Gary Dickey. He's the attorney representing Save Our Stadiums. He's scheduled to join us at 1045. Uh, Dave Sprouse listening into Matt Campbell. And, and watching Matt Campbell because they're Zooming right now. Uh, the Iowa State media is uh, on a Zoom conference with uh, with Matt Campbell. We've got Sproul at 11.05 and Mark Moorhouse at 11.30. Cakes and Owen iHeart want to help you with your bills. Text the keyword LOVE to 200-200. Right now, it's your chance to win $1,000. That's LOVE to 200-200. So uh, we have some computer issues You'll get a confirmation here. text info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. So that worked, but you saw Raleigh come in here over my shoulder, yeah. one of our engineers at iHeart, and uh, it's frozen. We'll try to go to break. If you don't hear the commercials playing, though, you know what the problem is. So, well, let's try it. Let's see what happens, and we'll get Brian Harden. What and do you we'll say? We'll get Brian Harden, Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station. So we'll have dead air? No, we will not have. Oh, good. We'll, we'll pop up back on if necessary. 1460 KXNO and 106.0. org. FM. Coming up at 11 o'clock, Dave Sproul, who's uh, part of the Zoom with Matt Campbell right now. We'll get the latest on that at 11.05 on Iowa State, 11.30. Mark Morehouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Still to come this hour, Gary Dickey, the attorney representing Save Our Stadiums. Right now, Brian Harden's the athletic director over at Drake, uh, Des Moines' hometown team. And Brian joins us. Brian, uh, Trent Condon, Ken Miller, thank you for coming on. How are you? I'm great. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Trent. 
Uh, good to talk to you, Brian. Thanks for doing this. Uh, it's it's obviously a kind of a hot button issue, right? There's a a lot of folks that like the tradition on Friday night of you know you grew up in in the Hoover area and your kids went to Hoover and dot 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 all the city schools, uh, and then to you know to build a new stadium for them to have to get on the bus and be bust as fans and as the team. I get that side of it. At the same time, Trent makes a good point that you know it really is uh, going to be something for these kids to play in a first-class stadium like the uh, f- uh, the kids that go to Valley and to Dowling and to Waukee and to Ankeny. Um, from where you sit, which is in the middle, Brian, have you been surprised that there has been this much back and forth and the passion from both sides of the equation? No, I, I, I haven't. I mean, I think that this is uh, an emotional issue uh, for many, and I, I frankly, I, I appreciate the amount of passion that there is uh for, for, for this issue. I think, I think it just shows that people truly care about high school sports in our area. And I don't, I don't think that I needed to be reminded of that. Someone who, who grew up in the area. I mean, I, I, I grew up in a time when, uh, Hoover and North did not have stadiums. They would, they played their games and it were the Des Moines schools all played either at Williams or at Hutchins Field. Um, and that was, that was back when I, I was, I was a group over on the west side and Valley played at Old Valley Stadium. Yeah. That was in Valley Junction. Um, and, and so, and that's where, you know, Valley and Dowling shared their, shared a stadium there that was, you know, three or four miles away from, from their schools. And so I, I understand the, uh, that the passion behind it. I, I think it's led to some, some good dialogue. I, I, I get more frustrated when, when some of the attacks become more personal. I, I think that reasonable minds can, can disagree on, on pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's, that, that I, I've had some good discussion. I, I attended all the community forums and had really good discussion with Dan Pardick, who, became the leader of the Save Our Stadiums group, and I've got respect for, for, for Dan, and, and I know that his, his heart's in the right place. We, we just happen to we, we disagree on, 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 an, on an issue here, um, but I, I, so it hasn't really surprised me that, uh, that, that people care this much about it because, you know, it, it, it should, and I'm glad that it does. You know, as I've said uh, when we've been talking about this, the two mornings that that came up on the program, that I must be missing something because it didn't seem like this was the time to spend our tax dollars uh, on a new stadium, right? I mean, stadiums are hot-button issues, even in the best of times. These are anything but the best of times. But then to find out... That where I was wrong and what I did miss was the fact that this this pool of money already exists, and this pool of money is to be used uh, and solely used for uh, for renovational products for infrastructure. And while they put a whole bunch of money in, uh, they've used this pot of money uh, a whole bunch of it for infrastructure inside of schools. The stadiums really have taken a back seat. I didn't realize that the money was already there, and that's what the money, by law, has to be spent on. Yeah, I mean, I, I as a, the son of a uh, a high school teacher uh, and coach, um, I mean, I've always had a great appreciation for for the role that teachers have. Uh, certainly now with with three young boys, and my wife and I having to homeschool them during you know since the middle of March. Um, you know, I, I, the, the appreciation that I, I think many others have for the role that teachers have, uh, is, is just growing exponentially. So you, you'd love to see, you know, whatever we can do to improve the lives of, of those educators. Uh, I think everyone would, would support that now, probably more so than ever. But you're right that the dollars that are earmarked for this project can't be used in, in that way. They're, they're used towards, uh, towards improving infrastructure. And, 
This is really an area that Des Moines schools should be applauded for. You know, over the last 20 years, they've spent $631 million in infrastructure other than their athletic stadiums. And, and they, they've improved the uh, learning experience and, and environments. Uh, is it as great as everybody wants to be? Probably not, but they, they continue to have plans put in place for how they continue, how they want to, to improve that space. But the fact that, that no dollars have gone into it, whereas a lot of other school districts in our area have used those dollars and used them earlier uh, in, in the Save Fund era to help in, in, improve uh, their athletic stadiums, um, it, it doesn't it's say anything less of, of, of those. It just says that maybe, you know, at some point in time, uh, Des Moines schools, you know, will need to invest. And where we're at, where they're at right now is, I think that they realize that the dollars can be best used on one centralized stadium uh, that will cost less to build right now and certainly cost less to maintain uh, over the next generation of, of students that would pass through uh, those those fields. When this was all coming together and the idea came together and was formed, was it Des Moines Public Schools first reaching out to you and Drake, or were you the ones that reached out to Des Moines Public Schools with this idea first? Uh, so I, I reached out to Des Moines Public Schools first. I, I had talked to a couple different folks in town, uh, just trying to you know see what the appetite would be to do something uh, on our campus. We had a piece of land trying to figure out what that could look like. Uh, we talked to the menace about it. Uh, talk to some other entities mm-hmm. trying to see what that could be. And, and had somebody um, with the city actually say, you know, you might want to reach out to, to DMPS. They've been looking for about seven or eight years now to try to create a centralized stadium somewhere in town and just haven't had any success. They, they've looked at sites in a couple different areas, and it just didn't – what they were going to have to invest into the land to, to make it to make it safe or make it better just was – it wasn't feasible for them. So that's what kind of prompted the initial conversation. And uh, from, from there, he just kind of continued on and uh, got to this point here where we, where we think we've got a, a really great partnership uh, ready to, to, to break ground on here, hopefully uh, hopefully in the very near future. A field turf, correct, Brian? Well, that will be installed, I would yes, imagine? Sir. Yes. Right? Yes, exactly right. So so nine Friday nights out of the year, say 10 with a, you host a playoff game or two, make it up to 11, obviously. Drake men's and women's soccer will play there. What about alternative uses? I mean, if there's a big AAU uh, tournament that comes to town or uh, Junior Olympics, what's what's been through here in the last few years? There's been big events where there's been you know sporting events held. My might there be other uses uh, that the uh, uh, that the new stadium could be used for in a brand new edifice like that? I would be guessing that uh, you know that would certainly be a, a desirable place to hold some events. Oh, absolutely! I think the the whole point of having a community stadium and that that was a very intentional name. Let's call it. Let's refer to it as a community stadium is to get as many members of the community to come down to it. And so, whether it's middle school or high school soccer or football whether it's marching band contests, whether it's club or organizations, you know, whether it's a, a club rugby tournament, whether it's some other affiliation that, that is connected to the Des Moines schools, if there are other entities that we can, can rent it out to in, in the community to, to, to provide that field, to introduce people to, to Des Moines, to introduce people to Drake University, to partner with other events that could be happening in our community, that if there are other events that are happening uh, in Des Moines or, or, or in suburban areas that, that they need an additional field or two, uh, yeah, that that is that is going to be a a huge focus of, of ours is to try to to, to have this facility used as often as possible, uh, with, with priority, of course, going to to Des Moines schools and, and what they're using since they will uh, technically be, be owning the the stadium and the land. So the stadium will be used for high school football. The stadium will be used, of course, for Drake soccer, and also there's the rendering of the 
inflatable dome that goes up and the football what? team can use it for practice. Help me out here because well, our, our buddy that uh, does your football games over there, he was telling me a little bit about this. Maybe the Drake football team will be able to have some inside practices. Hmm. You know, yeah, if uh, if fundraising could, could go our way, you know, could we could we ever get to a point that we could create some type of uh, an air-supported dome, a, a bubble, if you will, that could go over this field or, or the adjacent field that would allow uh, create some some indoor space that doesn't really exist uh, in the metro area. So that certainly is a piece that uh, we, we would aspire to. We have a lot of work to get done uh, to, to get to that point, but we certainly didn't want to, to, to limit what our dreams could be when we're going through uh, some of the conceptual drawing pieces. So that would be something that would be, that I think could, could benefit so many in our community. Uh, after after last uh, couple of nights ago, the meeting, and, and it was unanimous to, to move forward, do you think that you guys are out of the woods yet, or do you anticipate that there's going to be some legal challenges that might tie this up for a while? Yeah, I, I, I know Gary's coming on next night, and I, yep. had the, I don't believe I've had the privilege of, of, of meeting him, uh, but I, yeah, I, I, I know of their interest in, in pursuing uh, legal options there. So by no means am I, am, am I ready to, uh, to say that, that this is a, a done deal. I think we feel pretty confident in, in where it is just that I'm sure Gary feels confident in, in his position too. Um, yeah, so I, 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 I don't, I, I, I wouldn't pretend to, to believe that we're out of the woods. We still, we still need to plan as if we're trying to yeah. move forward there. So, so the, so the discussions, uh, I imagine will certainly, uh, continue to, to work towards trying to build this, but I know that there will be other discussions on the side about that. And that's, and those are kind of, in my mind, two different conversations. There's, there's a, you can discuss the, the merits of, of the stadium. And then I think what I think Gary is looking at maybe more so is in some of the state of our stadium folks is, is how this was done, that the approach that it was done. And, and I know that there's been discussion about, um, you know, that the, uh, some have alleged that, that, uh, petition. DHS has moved the goal, has moved the goalpost yeah. of, of what, of what the total number. And, and I would, I would just kind of say that, um, I, I, I would hesitate to, to go that far and, until uh, all facts are, are, are presented. Um, I, I certainly know that that the number that uh, that seventy five hundred one number was presented to the Save Our Stadiums folks long before this past Tuesday night. I mean, it was oh. it was made aware. It was made aware to Dan uh, while they were collecting signatures. I know that exists because I've seen it myself. Uh, so. Hmm. This notion that that Des Moines came up with this number after the fact just just isn't isn't the case, and, and I respect Michael Morrow and, and the job he did as Secretary of State ten years ago. Um, but it's but that's the, the, the uh, there. I think there's a, a difference of opinion of when you're looking at how those numbers were, uh, how, how both parties arrived at, at their numbers. So um, I, I know that DMPS feels very confident in in what they received from from. Uh, an outside entity to tell them what number needed to be received. I, I'm sure Gary and, and Save Our Stadium feel very strongly about uh, about the number that they have, and um, we'll just, we'll, I guess, time will tell whether we have, have to have somebody else decide that. I know there is some frustration from Des Moines public side and, and a lot of the people inside of the district and people that work inside the district, the connection between the public schools and Drake University. And there, there's yeah. been an idea of building that relationship even better, scholarships for these city school kids, having grants available for them and building up that number of kids for Des Moines public school, for Des Moines school in Drake University, having kids from Des Moines actually going there. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it's it, it's it's uh, on the athletic side. We we try to you know pride ourselves in being Des Moines hometown team, but it it, it needs to it, it is beyond that. How do we become Des Moines hometown university? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we, mm-hmm. we we do a ton of good uh, 
in our local community. We, we partner with DMPS in a lot of ways, but one of those areas that I know the school wants to continue to grow is, is the number of, of DMPS graduates that attend Drake. And I, I was just, you know, I, I, I know this is a focus. I, I've seen some of the numbers um, that our admission folks put together. And, you know, well, we've seen about 20% growth year over year from last year to this year in terms of uh, uh, freshman enrollees that are DMPS students. Now, that raw total probably isn't what either party wants it to be, but it's still that the trajectory over the last few years is greater than what it once was. Is it where we ultimately want it to be? No, but I, I think that there, I know that there are steps being taken uh, by Drake to to get more involved with with the, with DMPS high schools, to get to know those high school counselors, uh, to, to become that, that better option, that more top-of-mind option for uh, Des Moines Public School High School to stay in town, stay here and and attend Drake, and I, I, I would imagine that in the months and in, in, in the years to come, you'll, you'll see that outreach happen uh, in, in a couple of different ways. It, it, it could take form and fashion and uh, in a few different opportunities uh, we uh, got, locally. We've got less than a minute left. Uh, Brian Harden yeah. is our guest, A.D. Drake. Brian, how many different plans have you guys come up with as far as uh, what a basketball is going to look like at the NAP Center this winter, uh, knowing that we're in the throes of COVID? Um, I mean, you guys, have, I'm sure, have spent countless hours trying to determine how many fans you can have in the building, Those uh, trying to figure out all those equations. How difficult has it been? Yeah, it, it's challenging. The, the basketball piece of stuff, we actually haven't spent a, a, a ton of time here recently on our fall sports, on, on football, volleyball, soccer, just trying to figure out what that's going to look like, talking to a lot of folks that are plugged in at the national level to get a sense of what their timelines are, You know, making sure that we're factoring in some of the same pieces of the equation that they are factoring in as well. So, so primary focus has been on our fall sports, mm-hmm. but also understanding the impact this could have on, on basketballs and on Drake relays are two other pieces that we've yep. spent a, a ton of time on because the, those are revenue drivers for us. Uh, but the participation for our fall sports is, is, is incredibly important. And we want to make sure that we give that to the proper due as well. Uh, Brian, thank you. I sure appreciate you coming on and um, educating the audience, educating the hosts <laughs> as to yes. what's going on. Brian, thank you. Appreciate it. No, thanks for the time, guys. Appreciate it. Yep, good to talk to you. Brian Harden, the athletic director, uh, Drake University. Uh, we've got Gary Dickey coming on. He is the attorney for Save Our Stadiums. Gary mm-hmm. Dickey next. Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 0106. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Thanks to Brian Harden. Coming up in the uh, next hour of the program, we're going to get into Iowa State and to Iowa in that order. Gary, uh, Dave Sproul first, uh, and then uh, Mark Morehouse on Iowa. Right now, Gary Dickey, Dickey, Campbell, and Sahog Law Firm on East Walnut in Des Moines. Uh, Gary is representing uh, the folks that save our stadiums, and he joins the program. Uh, Gary Trent Condon, my name's Ken Miller. Thank you for coming on, Gary Dickey. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. No, I appreciate it. So it's obviously a very passionate on, on both sides uh, of the uh, of the debate, if you will. Uh, you guys um, at Save Our Stadiums, the the rule, the, the Des Moines Public Schools did not uh, see it your way. It was my impression that the goalposts were moved as far as how many signatures were required to bring this to a public vote. Uh, you guys showed up thinking you needed X amount of signatures at the last minute. Uh, uh, apparently, um, 
that that number was changed. Can you clear that up? Was that number changed, or or did you know that seventy five oh one or whatever it was was needed in advance of uh, Tuesday's meeting? Yeah, I'm not sure the goalposts were moved. I'm not sure they were ever firmly planted to begin with, Ken. Um, the way the law says is that uh, we are required to get 30% of the people that voted in the 2019 school board elections. So what we did is we went to the abstract that was prepared by the county mm-hmm. from the last uh, election. Um, and if you do the math, it's uh, well below 7,500. Um, it's somewhere we think around 5,900. Um, so we submitted 7,100, which we thought was well above what was required, uh, only to find out that they, uh, the school board takes a different view. They, they are counting individuals who voted in the city election but did not cast votes in the school board election in their tally, and that's how they got to 7,500. Regardless of the ultimate number here, it is something that people are very passionate about, saving the stadiums for these four public schools inside Des Moines. Is What's the next course of action? What would happen next after the school board approves this unanimously? Now what can the group that wants to save these stadiums, what can they do? Well, the school board has until July 25th to call an election, uh, which would be held in September. Uh, we hope that the school board would reconsider its legal position uh, and do what the law requires and hold that election. If they do not, then we have decided we will file a lawsuit, uh, seek a declaration from the court that we provided enough signatures, and either force the board to put it to a public referendum or to rescind its resolution. It was uh, my impression, Gary, that this money was going to be, it's coming from, you know, taxes, right? And it was my impression as of, you know, even uh, last night, that this money was going to have to be, you know, that this pool of money didn't exist prior prior to this coming forward. But apparently that money is there and it has to be earmarked for infrastructure. Is that, is that, have I got that part right? Yeah, it used to be known as a local option sales tax. It was changed to a fund called the SAVE Fund. Uh, And you're right, it must be used for infrastructure. And what the law allows is for the school board to take its future revenues and bond it and pay for the stadium today, and then as it receives those revenues every year, to pay off those bonds. Uh, But in exchange for doing that, the law says that if we submit a petition of 30% of the people who voted in 2019, then they have to put that uh, bond to a public referendum, which is what we think they need Mm. to do. You know, there was a lot been said about the economic impact of the surrounding areas if this stadium is built uh, over by uh, the Drake campus, that, you know, bars and restaurants in that that part of the uh, city would get a huge, huge uptick. But on the other side of that equation are the bars and the restaurants, restaurants in particular, um, but, you know, maybe parents go out afterwards for a drink or whatever. Uh, But it's the, you know, where they've gone uh, around the Hoover area or the North area or the Lincoln area. While the economic impact of Drake and those places would go up, the others would suffer. I agree with you. I mean, I'm I'm somewhat conflicted because I graduated from Lincoln High School and I also graduated from Drake University. Oh, so wow. I, I, as an alumni, yeah. I understand why the folks at Drake would be supportive. As as a Drake alumni, I'm supportive. Right. However, as a Lincoln alumni. Uh, 
you know, these stadiums play a very important community building function. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we would lose out on that in all of the neighborhoods that would be effective if we moved it to a central location. Not to mention that it would make it much more difficult for students to attend uh, and for families to to uh, make themselves available for practicing games. Uh, if this stadium is built, will some of the uh, will some of that infrastructure money, or can it be? Is that has it been discussed that? Yep, we we do agree that the that Hutchinson Stadium needs a, a a fresh coat of paint, a facelift. Because I'm I'm assuming junior varsity games would still be played there. Track events would still be held there. Can you make the boast of both? Can you make the best of both worlds? Make everybody happy. Sure, you play the games. The games on Friday night for the varsity at the new stadium. But at the same time, some of this money is spent. Um, on, on making some improvements to the existing facilities. Yeah, I, I, you know, everybody that's involved is very passionate that they want to see improved facilities. For far too long, we've neglected our facilities, mm-hmm. and we've fallen way behind what you see in the suburban schools. And that's particularly important for schools like Lincoln, where I have seen students leave Lincoln, good students, great athletes, leave Lincoln for schools in the suburbs and for Dowling Catholic, for example. So we all support improving our infrastructure and improving our facilities so that our kids have world-class access to facilities. Um, And the money that would go to these stadiums, you're right, Ken, um, to the Drake Stadium would not be all of the money. There would still be money left over to make improvements um, around the schools for existing facilities, such as softball fields, for example. Um, However, Uh, The folks at Save Our Stadiums believe that, on balance, neighborhoods and schools lose more than they would gain under this uh, proposal. The price tag that Des Moines Public Schools put out for the upgrades for the four stadiums is $60 million. Now, they have to become compliant with ADA. That would also be a big uh, part of it. They still, if they're going to use these for middle school games and JV games and the like, they still need to do upgrades to these stadiums. Does that $60 million price tag for the four stadiums, does that seem right to you? We don't think so. I mean, we think that is if you give all of these stadiums the bells and whistles and you make them all world-class facilities, uh-huh. if you were to give everything that is is on the wish list, then yes, it would be $60 million. However, to bring them up to 2020 standards, uh, we think you can do it for significantly less. J- just to give you an example, just to put artificial turf in each stadium is somewhere between 750000 to a million. And then if you did the ADA, bring it up to ADA compliance, it would be, you know, a substantial amount more, but far less than $60 million. Uh, Tuesday's meeting, Gary, did you, did you get the impression that the, you know, what, whatever you guys were going to present, that it was going to fall on deaf ears, that the, it seems to me anyways, from, you know, trying to sit in the middle of this, uh, that it seems like uh, the, these people on, on this, the, the elected representatives, um, their minds were made up prior to you guys even appearing at this meeting on Tuesday. Yeah, and, and I, I think they're getting bad advice. I think they're getting bad legal advice um, because here, here's the reality, Ken. If, if you were to set the number at what we believe it is and you hold a referendum, I think you might have a chance of having that referendum passed. If folks in the Drake area make the case that it's a win for everybody, mm-hmm. um, by ignoring our petition, by not having it put to a vote, we're going to file a lawsuit. It's going to be held up in the courts for at least 18 months to two years. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure that there's going to be a market 
for, uh, for public finance bonds that are going to be clouded by litigation. So if, if the board were getting good advice, they would have erred on the side of calling the public referendum, making their case to the people, and trying to get the issue resolved as soon as possible. It's mm. a fair point, Gary. I mean, and, and the people I'm guessing that are behind Save Our Stadiums right now, if indeed this is two months down the road, you'll be have a whole another set of people representing on that board, right? I'm, I'm guessing that these are mostly parents. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the people that are signed up um, to support the Save Our Stadiums are parents of students uh, who go to these uh, to, who, who go to these high schools who are athletes. Uh, alumni such as myself, mm-hmm. parents of students who are in junior highs who will be going to those high schools. Um, so we, we want to see our existing facilities improved and stay in the communities in which they go to school. Seems like there's a way to, to make this work from, from where I sit. If, if indeed the, the new stadium is built, but at the same time that there is a, a compromise and some, uh, some of that infrastructure money can go to, I'll use your example, the softball fields, would that be enough? Not, I don't think it would be, Ken. Not, not if it means that we're going to uh, sacrifice the stadiums being the centerpiece of, uh, you know, neighborhood and community activities on Friday nights in the fall. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's really what it comes it. down to is football is an important part of our community, and it's uh, a time for neighbors and alumni and parents and students and fans to come together, um, and, and you just won't have that same uh, effect if it's not in the neighborhoods, if it's in a faraway stadium. Uh, Gary Dickey representing Save Our Stadiums. Dickey Campbell and Sahog Law on East Walnut uh, in Des Moines. Gary, thanks for coming on. We appreciate hearing uh, Save Our Stadium side of things. Thank you. You bet. My pleasure. Thanks, Good to Gary. talk to you. Gary Dickey uh, as we hear uh, both sides. Well, I don't really think Drake has a side. It's the Des Moines schools mm-hmm. that have a side. Drake is going to benefit without a doubt. Uh, economic impact in the Drake area going to benefit without a doubt. Um, but it's far from over by the sounds of things. Yeah, and far uh, from over. luring up, lawyering up and doing it with somebody with connections to yeah, both sides. That, How right? crazy is that? A Lincoln grad who graduated got his law degree at Drake. That's great. Thank you, Gary Dickey. All right, Iowa State Conversation with Dave Sproul. Hawks with Mark Morehouse coming up next.